Welcome to another episode of the Work Prince Magicians Podcast, where Elliot has come to play. Woohoo! <laughs> Joining me again for this week's episode is Nicole. Good evening, or morning, or afternoon, yet again. <laughs> yes, and wait, I've got to introduce myself. I am Bilal. <laughs> um, yeah, we're from theworkprint.com, where you can find our reviews and podcast for everything The Magicians. So uh, let's dive into uh, episode three of season four, The Bad News Bears. Uh, Nicole, uh, just overall thoughts. What did you think of this episode? It was so much fun and really reminded me a lot about um, the Bank Heist episode that they did. I think it was season two? Season two. Right? Uh, Yeah. 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 There are a lot of very similar elements and... um, of course, things are much more complicated now, and it's kind of nice how they tie in some aspects from other seasons as well. So I really, really, really enjoyed it. So it was really good. Yeah. So I did my rewatch of this right before uh, we started recording this podcast, and I forgot everything about the heist that happened. I just re- remember really liking this episode. So going back and remembering, oh yeah, this is that episode, uh, or uh, they bring back the fun. Uh, uh, Magicians has this way of doing these episodes where they branch out into the world a bit more and they expand what the world actually, uh, the world of like magic can actually do. And we definitely get to see more aspects of that. And then on the other hand, uh, on the darker side of things, we get to see what Elliot and the creature uh, are up to, and that uh, uh, plot advances a bit more. Mm-hmm. A bit gruesomely, actually. <laughs> yeah. So this time around, Nicole and I have uh, broken up the episode into four parts that we're going to be discussing. Mm-hmm. So we'll kick it off with the beginning, which will be the apartment scene, then go over into what did i write for number two the heist, the heist. yeah and fo- following that will be uh, a little stint with alice and santa claus followed by uh, a quite gruesome ending yeah. in fillory <laughs> <laughs> okay. yes of, co- of course nicole laughs at all the gruesomeness that is you to just come. have to because it's entertaining that's why <laughs> it is uh do you want to take us into the apartment and what's yeah. going on there um so it's i just i can't get over how beautiful this apartment is especially in new york like that would right? cost millions and millions upon millions of dollars to okay, have just, ceilings that high like it's probably yes. a penthouse let's let's be real yeah just a quick aside uh me and my wife just watched the russian doll on netflix and this is a show that takes place in i i believe it's new york uh city and everyone's apartment in this show is ridiculous and i'm just like unrealistic (laughs) yes like i i really want to see a show that takes place in new york which is just like a studio apartment where the camera guy has to like stand or like sit on top of a dresser in order to get a shot i would really love to see that aka my apartment yes (laughs) yeah give us the real new york hollywood oh my gosh um, but anyways, going back into uh, Marina's fictitious, beautiful condo. Um, so 
we actually start off, um, I believe it was in the lobby, because Margot is trying to come up when she encounters Marina downstairs and gets like a little warning where basically the hedge witch is like, don't go up there. There's a god who just walked in and beat all her wards like it was nothing. And so she, of course, having that experience with Reynard the Fox, was like, I'm peacing out because I'm not, you know, I'm not here to mess with that. Yeah, and I mean, you can't blame Marina because the version of her in this current timeline was killed by Reynard. Yeah. So um, she's got protection up the wazoo and... Mm -hmm. She has countermeasures in place just in case something like this would happen again. Yeah. It's really, um, it's really kind of cool though to see the, the, uh, these two very strong female characters interact because I feel like in, if this was Margot season one, she would have been like, Yeah, I'll join you. Like, screw that. Yeah. But because she's had so much uh, character development over these past three seasons, this Margot is very different. And she, especially because she doesn't know yet what's happened to Elliot. So she really wants to find out, you know, what's going on and to help her friends. Um, and so she gets um, some friendly advice from Margot, uh, from Margot, I mean, from Marina, and heads upstairs where things are very, very dicey just because Creature Elliot, aka the monster, is here to play. And he has actually lined the others up and is trying to decide what order to kill them. And to him, it's pretty much a game in mm-hmm. like in the situation. He's just like, oh, I'm not going to kill Penny because Katie keeps looking over at him. So Penny dies uh, before, or Penny dies before, before Katie. Katie. Yeah. yeah. So Katie gets to watch. Yeah. And he he just gets joy from it, yeah. like the most gleeful joy. <laughs> And then he decides Ken, uh, Quentin has to go last because he cares about everyone. And who happens to go first? Oh, poor Josh. Yeah, poor Josh. Like, so, Elliot starts, like, he does something and twists something inside Josh. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not like an immediate kill. It's like... It's like internal bleeding. It's internal bleeding. And he just, like, coughs up blood. Like, we don't even know what happened to Josh. Mm-hmm. But uh, Margot runs in. And everything kind of stops. Or no, Margo's already in the room at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Margo at this point asks him to stop and she'll offer up Bacchus instead because he's out there uh, hunting gods. And the creature is intrigued. And she, although at first she tries to sort of cut like a deal where she'll just give him the location, but in exchange, he needs to allow everyone to live. But the creature, of course, is like, well, that's really no use to me because as soon as Bacchus sees him, um, the god's gonna, you know, vanish and run away again. So it has to come from an unexpected source. And so he actually then. Um, has an idea because Josh comes running in and was like, "Hey, um, to Margot, like, like, what are you doing?" And I think is I think this was before Margot introduced the little sort of um, secret sauce that they had, right? Yeah. So I think at once Margot offers up Bacchus, mm-hmm. uh, Elliot goes and sits in this gold chair, mm-hmm. Marina. Uh, um, 
put there just as a safety mechanism. Because in her uh, opinion, anyone that thinks themselves all high and mighty would like, like to toxic, sit on that chair. Yeah, yeah. toxic masculinity, as mm-hmm. she put it, uh, would s- sit in that gold chair. And within it is a vial of ambrosia, which mm-hmm. is apparently enough to knock a god out for if, a while. Yeah. So Margot has the ability to do that, but I think she sees the bigger picture because running from the creature Elliot in the long run doesn't get them anywhere. It just gets them hunted down and killed one by one. Yeah. Plus, had she used it the way Marina intended it in- initially, where she was supposed to ring a bell and then the whoever was sitting in the chair would get like a big woof of... Um, a big dose of ambrosia in their face and knock them out there was still no way that they would be able to get the god out of elliot right yeah. or the creature i should the say creature. out of yeah. elliot and so she didn't want to lose elliot and their other option would have been to try to kill um uh kill the creature but that would mean that elliot would die as well yeah and like the other thing we don't know either is if it would have worked on him. Oh, exactly yeah yeah exactly so yeah Mar- margo makes the play of offering a Bacchus instead and the creature uh, knowing that Josh has a relationship as well after Josh blabs his mouth Mm -hmm. uh, takes Margot and Josh to Fillory with him. Yeah. The creature suggests, well, heavily heavily suggests that they should use the Ambrosia to then um, poison Bacchus. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one cool thing that I uh, noticed in the scene and it's that the creature was able to stop Penny from teleporting. Oh yeah! Because as soon as like he shows up uh, in the room, he's just like, "Hey, no teleporting," and then drops him to his knees. Mm-hmm. And, and we, I think we talked last week about how teleportation magic is different from regular magic. Mm-hmm. So the cr- the creature, in a sense, has access to multiple types. I'm oh, guessing. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's so true. I mean, like we also talked about creature magic last week. So. Oh, not creature Elliot, creature magic, like just like fairies and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, all the different types. Because after humans lost theirs, I mean, other magic still existed in the uh, multiverse. So it's curious to see um, how powerful the creature actually is in this case, even though he might be stunted because mm-hmm. something is t- was taken away from him, but we just don't know what? exactly what. Yeah. So meanwhile. Um we go back to break bills where Julia has returned to herself and she still can't do magic at this point though. And so she has fog, um, cast a locator spell so that she can reunite with the rest of the group. There isn't, I mean, they also, um, whatchamacallit, this is, this is kind of interesting too, just because now that I guess they have a little bit of a head start because even though Fog and her knows that they've gotten their their memories and their old lives back, the McAllisters still currently don't know this. Yeah, and so the McAllisters are like working very closely with the library since Mm -hmm. they've gained the favor of bringing magic back, even though they didn't really do much. Um, I mean, they were just saying they're snorting fairy dust Mm -hmm. last season, Um, but. Yeah, it's interesting to see that both the, Mc- the McAllisters have a bounty out on what I'm calling the Break Bills 8, you know, mm-hmm. Quentin and, and crew. Um, and it, like Fog actually cares uh, 
like for them to like get into hiding fast that spell was there so McAllister's in the library couldn't find him um and now that that's up they're they're kind of screwed from two sides like you yep. can't run you can't run from uh the creature you don't have super powerful magic to fight against mm-hmm. uh to protect the McAllister's yeah. yeah so they find themselves in a situation where they're kind of cornered yeah. uh so um yeah Julia comes to help yeah, and um, f- n- admirably though, too, Fog ends up visiting Alice really quickly after this mm-hmm. um, to basically tell her and warn her that um, everyone's you know come back to themselves and that if now that the great blank space was over, um, the library could read um, their books again and see if everyone had gotten their memories back and they would know. And they would then try to find them to protect them from the monster slash creature. So that was sort of Fogg's way of telling Alice, hey, you know, you got to do something about this. And what better way to sort of get that done than with a person who's a prisoner there because they wouldn't, you know, necessarily expect that, right? Yeah, and and so there's two things I like about this scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because back in his office when he was with Julia, Fog got chewed out because Julia was like, you didn't even trust us enough to get magic back. You just, like, turned around and made a deal with the library. library. Mm -hmm. And, like, he rightfully so, he deserved deserved everything she yelled at him over that. But then, like, like, so right after, he's at the prison, like you said, and he has enough faith in Alice to be like, hey, I know you can get out of here even in, like, the toughest of situations and I know you can do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice seeing people believing in Alice again and yeah. trusting her. Um, and I'm kind of liking where she's going this season. Um, as sh- I feel like she has a heart again. Yeah, this is her redemption season. Like, yes. she's I think she's trying really hard to sort of set things right. And in fact, I think both characters are, right? For yeah. Fog and her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so before we end with everything that takes place in the mm-hmm. apartment, we have one final problem in the form of Marina. Oh, yes. In relation to the bounty that's on them, she actually wants to um, turn them into the McAllisters because there's a very nice, big, juicy bounty on their head. And then she sort of goes into the explanation of how in the New World Order, um, if you want to do bigger bigger spells, you will need to petition um, um, essentially currency from the library. So the bounty on them is, I think, it is it five Deweys? Is yes, that correct? It's, yeah. yeah, it's five Deweys. So in this, as you said, in the World Order, the libra- any big spell request, uh, mm-hmm. I'll need a request that's submitted to the library, like paperwork, essentially, yeah. because all World Orders require paperwork. <laughs> and... Uh, and the Deweys, they're called Deweys mostly because the, they're given the spells are like, the coins are batteries, uh, yes. high-powered batteries, and uh, on them are librarians, but nobody remembers anyone, any librarian's name besides Dewey from the Dewey Decimal Dewey System. Dewey Decimal System, yeah. So they just, they got the name of Dewey, but though, I think Marina mentioned Laura Bush, but Bush didn't stick as a... Uh, <laughs> as a, ter- a coin uh, term, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so in order to uh, 
No, so I think the bounty was three Deweys, but Marina, oh, Marina wants, wanted five. Uh, or five, no. yeah, five because she wanted two more because Quentin's like, we'll get you the payment somehow, uh, and so so she said for the delay, uh, uh, add right, two right, more right. to it. Yeah. Wow. So that's a lot of power, but he, who knows what she's gonna do with that? Yeah, but on the other hand, Penny knows a guy. Oh or yeah, Penny knows you a guy. guy. You a guy from his timeline that might be able to help uh, forge uh, some fakes or yeah, something like a that. Yeah, a really, really good forger. And this is, you know, this. I think this part of the episode was sort of the beginning of, like, the really fun heist stuff, right? Oh, yeah. So we meet because this I, guy. Yeah, Yeah, because I was going to say the episode really, uh, it breaks away from uh, the creature uh, mm-hmm. and the fillery side of the episode and just kind of goes on like, hey, let's expand out this world a bit <laughs> of just like the reg- regular magician shit. <laughs> yeah, and like you even, um, it's like the whole time when they were kind of, everyone was going through their phones, like that was pretty funny just because, oh wait, Penny's like, thankfully you're Penny and I have the same uh, password on our phones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, hey, there, there are there are a few coincidences I, I like that and I don't know if alternate timeline me or you would have the same passwords but I don't know for, yeah for, for the for the show's sake I it, it definitely makes things easier <laughs> so thankfully um our penny penny 40 has the same contact as penny 23 and the guy was the same in that t- in both timelines where he was a forger and his name is Frankie um this dude I wish I had his discipline. Like, it's probably the best discipline you can ask for, in my opinion, right? It is, because, like, you can really screw over your enemies and have yeah. a great time yeah. as well. And everything goes your way. So Pretty much. Yeah, when he first comes in, it, it, you know, he's he sits down, and then there's a doorbell, and he's like, okay, hold on a second, guys, it's for me. And you open it, and um, it's one of those, um, it's like the the cash prizes with, like, a big check, where it's like, you've won a hundred million dollars. And he's like, like, yeah. I think that the check said sneakers for life. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's why he went. He came back. Came back out and got a bag. The bag, right? Uh, the yeah. it was like a gift basket, and then there were sneakers. Oh my gosh! And, and Quentin's like, are those are they your size? size? <laughs> He's like, they always are. <laughs> um, but Frankie, you know, Frankie is one lucky dude. That's his discipline, luck. Um, and he kind of goes into the explanation of how his forges, his forgeries are so good because of all the luck that's sort of wrapped around it, right? Um, But he then basically uh, walks them through what he's going to need to do this job. And he, I think he asked for the same, like, five Deweys as well as payment, right? Yeah, he he pretty much asked for, uh, you know, exactly what uh, they're stealing, so five Mm -hmm. Deweys. But in order to do so, he needs a few things. Mm -hmm. And those things are, one, a black card, which were given to the McAllisters from the library mm-hmm. uh, as like a thank you, which give them like access unlimited to uh, access, unlimited, yeah. yeah, unlimited amount of Deweys. So basically, you got one powerful magic family um, that can do anything they want uh, with those cards. Um, but he just needs his hands on it for two minutes. Uh, he also needs two cheesesteaks, mm-hmm. four cherry sodas, <laughs> not that store brand shit, and a, a third of a Dewey. 
in order to uh, get forge the card. Yeah, and that the that Dewey sort of serves as like seed magic. Mm-hmm. Yes, essentially magic, a small amount of magic to in order for them to get their hands mm-hmm. on more magic. Um, and then the next sort of so the question is then how do they get this right? Yeah. So they this is my favorite. Yeah, part. they end up going. They being uh, Quentin and Penny Twenty Three end up going to an underground card game, uh, and it's called a push game. And it operates like war. And, you know, the game itself is very simple. They, um, you have two opponents, they break a deck, and then they take a card from the de- from their respective decks, and whoever has a high- higher card wins. Um, the challenge is knowing how to cheat properly, and the timing of it, which was very, very cool. Yeah, plus there's also... Um since magic is limited, there's only like a limited amount Not, in the mm-hmm. air. Uh, like the, they call it ambient magic. Uh, you can't overdo it with big spells, otherwise you you'll you lose take your the juice. magic. Out. Yeah, yeah, everyone loses their juice. Yeah. So it's it's knowing how to play and be efficient with your uh, casting. So initially, they um, wager the protective medallion, um, but the person who is managing the game says it's not good enough, and so as a last minute. Um, sort of prize um, Quentin decides to put in the services of Penny 23 for I think he said 48 hours at first and then yeah. the other guy was like no a year and then they're like alright a month so they agree on a was it a month or two months it was one month one month okay one yeah. month no questions asked and this is I kind of like this scene too between Penny 23 and Quentin because he penny 23 goes you're a loser like how are you gonna win this so he (laughs) obviously did not have much um uh belief in quentin but it kind of like showed us a much more um tamed penny i think compared to penny penny 40 our penny oh yeah right like if you just see the differences between the their two characters penny 23 because he's probably gone through a lot of crap as well is so much more like not as aggressive i think at least from what we've seen so far he has a softer side but like i think that also has to deal with everyone he knows died in his yeah died in his timeline so he and i think there there's a scene with uh where he's talking to Katie, because mm-hmm. Katie's like, how can we trust this Marina? You know, she's killed my mom. Uh, and uh, Penny's like, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. just... Uh, she's like, nobody's listening to my voice. And he's like, well, you know, sometimes w- when you're alone... You, uh, what was it? You what? only... There's no, one, there's no other voice to listen to except your own. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so Katie's got this grudge against Marina, even every version of Marina, pretty much. Uh, And Penny's like, gotta chill. I almost forgot the scene entirely. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, so it's kind of good that we brought this up, because it comes back later. Uh, But yeah, so, like, I agree. Penny, much softer uh, this time around. Uh, And I think he's less hard-headed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree. So the two of them um, are at the game, and Penny, of course, can't help Quentin, and Quentin's doing everything on his own, and he actually manages to win the first two rounds. Um, and the third round gets a little bit tricky, just because the other guy's really good. And Quentin does something pretty cool, though, where he ends up using all the ambient magic in the air on a kind of like a weather spell. 
But the whole point was that so they would end up playing like a fair game. Except, of course, he has like a little trick up his sleeve where he has hidden a card in his sock. So he, he very slyly puts that, um, grabs that at their very last round and ends up winning because he ends up having a queen and the other guy has a much, has like a significantly lower suit. I don't remember what it was though. But thankfully, they get the Dewey. Yeah, I, I love this because it, it's a good callback to the pilot mm-hmm. where Quentin, when he came to his exam, was doing sleight of hand with a, uh, a deck of cards. He was and great could, at card tricks. Like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just a good callback. I mean, the one issue I did have was like, how did you know what type of card he needed? <laughs> unless, I don't oh, know, unless yeah. he used some sort of magic or something to uh, just change appearance. Okay, we'll go with that explanation. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's, uh, I think he smartly played it. There's like that one scene, I think, in his first match where he changes his opponent's card to uh, the rules <laughs> of uh, the card game. Like oh, one yeah, of the extra yeah, cards. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's well done. So next um, is the second part of the plan where uh, Penny23 and Katie end up um, trying to find a black card. So this is like I I found it interesting though that these two were paired up and you know just like we mentioned they had this little chit chat scene and you know considering everything Katie is dealing with this whole situation pretty well just because here's this other dude who looks exactly like her Penny who you know is dead and in the underworld um, but she's not you know constantly like flipping her like her crap over it. Um, and so they end up, I think they're actually at the outside, like the near public library where they are able to find a, a target who has the black card. So after some quick flirting, um, Penny distracts the woman so that Katie can grab the card. They take it to Frankie in a truck. It gets copied and then returned without the woman, um, none the wiser. She doesn't even know it was missing. So it was kind of cool because Katie does a spell around her arm, which mm-hmm. I guess... Makes it seem so. If she does brush up against something, I guess it doesn't like feel get noticed. Yeah, yeah. So which which I thought was a, a nice, cool touch, uh, because you know not everyone is a pickpocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. So she would have those street skills, right? Yeah. yeah very true. That and like um, Julia can't perform magic right now, anyways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say Julia's dead weight, but. No, she's not dead weight. She's she, not dead I, weight, yeah. She, she's she's going to come back in yeah, some major way. I agree. I just know it. I agree. Yeah. So then um, Frankie finishes what he needs to do, but there is a caveat to the whole thing. Um, so his the way sort of his forgeries work, it's a zero-sum game, wherein um, for the operation of work, someone needs to hold a very very cute teddy bear to absorb all the bad luck that's being generated from the good luck that's happening to the folks with the black card so then we have <laughs> hence katie. the episodes yeah yeah hence the episode's <laughs> name bad news, bad bears. news bears yeah so then we have katie and um penny who are at the library branch and they're on their way trying to line up and get the card when in the best possible yeah, in the best possible disguise is like she's in a, a very very short blonde wig and he is in a baseball cap 
and a really really bad mustache. A really bad. Yeah, one. <laughs> we're talking like Mario <laughs> Brothers bad mustache. It's really bad, and. At first, they're they can't imagine that this is gonna work, but all of a sudden, some dude runs in and says, "Hey, they're giving free ice cream outside," and the entire line just disappears because they all want free ice cream. So while they're going up the stairs, they um, Penny tells Katie that they should try to get some Deweys for them as well because they're still gonna need to cast a locator spell after, which I think is a great point. Yeah. Somebody's thinking straight. Exactly. Someone's thinking straight and ahead of time. So they then um, put in the request with the with the branch librarian. And you kind of see Frankie's magic at work wherein everything's okay. And that, But the woman has to check this book of band magicians. So Katie's picture is in there. But as, before the woman can see it, she gets distracted by something. The picture of Katie gets um, magically taken out of the book and put into a shredder. And then, and then she she turns around and she's like, "Did you hear that? Or anything? Like, no. she, yeah, nope. she guess never mind. <laughs> Don't worry about it." Yeah. Um, and then so, in the meantime, poor Quentin is having like the worst day ever. Um, Julia's made him some soup. But the spoon falls into the soup. Um, something else happens where, like, he ends up needing like a paper towel, but then the, the soup spills. Oh, the soup spills. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then the paper towel cuts him. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Which is, <laughs> who gets cut by a paper towel? <laughs> exactly. And then my favorite part was when a huge snake suddenly appeared somewhere and is strangling Quentin. So I I believe uh, Frankie references something coming out of the toilet, and I think the snake came from the toilet. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> Wait, okay, I I have kind of heard that as like an urban urban myth. Yeah, but I don't think it's physically possible. possible? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because it was huge. Yeah, that it was it was like a python. <laughs> yeah, it was really big. Um, and so um. For, uh, in back at the library branch, um, things are going well. They, you know, she fills the librarian fills out the form, sends it to their home office, and they're waiting. But all of a sudden, uh, Quentin, something happens at the apartment. So quite a phone call comes up on Quentin's phone, and it turns out to be his mom. And at this point, he hadn't heard anything about his dad, who had previously had cancer. Yeah, so uh, I just want to touch about, mm-hmm. uh, I should have mentioned this at the top of the episode because this happens in the preview, mm-hmm. but they like bring back that scene from last season where uh, Quentin's talking with his father and his father's like, yeah, I know this magic's gone, I can feel it. Like, yeah, like he his, said his cancer's back, right? Well, his when magic disappeared, his cancer went into remission like a week yeah. later. And so now Quentin's fear is that because magic is back, like that his dad's cancer has also come back. Yeah, and like, man, w- what a gut punch. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, you get that phone call, and Julia's like, don't, don't listen answer to that. that. Vo- don't answer, don't listen to that voicemail. And it's just like, you're just sitting there dreading it the entire episode. No, yeah. And poor Quentin, then, because he's so, like, distraught, lets go of the bear. And just at that moment, the librarian gets the message back from their home office and it says that their request has been flagged for follow-up. So 
she needs another supervisor to essentially assess it before to giving the okay. And it just so happens to be the other traveler librarian. Um, the guy, I think he was Australian, right? That's who, that's yeah. who it was. Yeah. I couldn't remember exactly who. Uh, like, he looks familiar. I just couldn't put my finger on it. So, luckily, though, Quentin grabs the teddy bear again. And something happens with the contacts of that librarian, wherein he's like, I can't see for crap. And in the end, asks um, Penny and Katie, you guys aren't going to blow yourselves up, right? And they're like, no. And so he's like, I don't care. Approved. So it went through okay, thank God. And they ended up getting 12 Deweys. Yeah, uh, I find it. I find it just it plays so well. Yeah, the timing it, and it, the pacing was so good. Yeah, it, it's it's the magicians at its best when it's having fun. <laughs> um, the entire high scene and like and it still manages to play with your emotions as well mm-hmm. uh, with the Quentin's phone call. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's that scene where, like, Quentin falls, there's, like, a chandelier about to hit him. Um, <laughs> it, it's all it's all great. <laughs> Poor Quentin, who last year, last season endured um, the suicide key, basically, wherein, you know, your worst self comes out and, like, tortures you into trying to kill yourself, and then now this. Poor dude. <laughs> He's really yeah. gotten some really bad, um, bad uh, experiences. <laughs> yeah. Still nowhere near Julia level bad. True. But yeah. 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 Still. But, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 she still has some pretty yeah. bad. Luck. Oh, and speaking of that though, Julia actually volunteered at first to hold the bear, just because she's like, I'm indestructible right now. Um, like I should be the <laughs> one to endure this. Like it's fine. <laughs> and Frankie asked about it, and she's like, It's none of your it's business. It's like, it, don't worry about it. Like it's okay. Yeah. yeah. And but then he can he he notices right away that there's something wrong with it and whatever's with Julia right now is interfering with his luck spell and so she then tosses it really quick and it ends up being tossed to Quentin and that's how he ends up being volunteered into this honestly I feel like it should have gone to Katie Mm -hmm. only reason I say it is Penny's kind of already dead like yeah. our timeline, Penny. Yeah, her family's gone. <laughs> the worst we could possibly yeah. see is like her back on drugs, which they could probably fix with some magic, <laughs> get rid of the addiction. I don't know. Maybe this sounds terrible now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> but, but like, I feel like out of anyone, oh, I just, I just, just feel like, man, Quentin with his dad. Yeah, that was kind yeah. of yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I, you know, I I don't think it would have. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I do see your point. Like because she kind of has less to lose right now, I guess, because she's already lost most of it. Yeah. yeah. Oops. Um, but in any case, though, you know, it works, and they head back to the apartment, and um, Frankie's like. I knew it was going to work out because it always does and suggests that they get rid of the bear ASAP. Mm. And Katie volunteers to do that and does a very clever thing with it that we can talk about later on. Yes. Um, I mean, are we going to talk about it now? Uh, yeah, we could, we could talk about it now because okay. I think this part of the episode pretty much wraps up. One thing I do want to touch upon that I wrote a note about um, that's not really important in any case, but a pigeon brought uh, Frankie a, a sandwich. sandwich. 
and I think that's the best use of magic out there. Um, 100% A plus of grade for the episode just for that scene. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Who wouldn't want that, right? It'd be like, um... The best seamless ever. Yeah, yeah if I could, yeah, if you get a cheese stick whenever I wanted via pigeon, sure, why not? <laughs> so, um, basically, then sort of the next step is that it, they end up giving Marina her five Deweys. They give Frankie his five Deweys, um, and they keep two for themselves so that they're able to cast a locator spell. But Katie's really badass, and so because of that conversation she had with Penny twenty three earlier, where she kind of got motivated i think right to sort of do what she thought was right and so she ended up um which cleverly i didn't even notice until you told me earlier she transformed the bear into a fake dewey coin and as soon as marina touched it and looked at it someone um they were at the park goes up to her whose face we don't see right yeah, we don't see it. We, all we know is like it's like a guy. It looks look, looked and sounded like a guy, mm-hmm. um, from what I can tell. But I have a question about this because she gave Marina the teddy bear coin. Do they have an extra third Dewey? Oh, that actually might be true. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Katie also somehow got Marina's condo, so she also kept the black card, which I thought was kind of unusual touch because i like technically it might still work right yeah i think it still works but i think frankly did warn that they should get rid of it soon, soon. okay yeah well like he, he didn't just say the bear he said like both of them oh both of them so, okay uh, i wonder if there's something will backfire but like while katie was uh, after katie gave the coins to marina like she also did get a box of puppies um so oh yeah i was really confused by that i was like waiting for the puppies to show up like in the condo i was like where are the puppies she she was holding (laughs) was was she oh i totally blocked that out okay (laughs) yeah yeah she's just sitting she's just sitting in a chair like and it might have been the gold chair (laughs) yeah i'll have to go back and confirm if it's a gold chair or not but yeah um pretty crazy stuff man we are almost the 40 minute mark and we're only like halfway through well no well okay maybe <laughs> i mean i mean it's like, just it, so it, much i mean it's such a good episode that i'm, I'm just happy that the, it's, it's just a fun episode to talk about yeah. um so while when they go back to the condo too and meanwhile Phil, um margo and josh are still fillery but um so they cast the locator spell uh, i mean not the locator spell the cloaking spell on them so that the McAllisters can't find them. But then Julia and Quentin have a discussion about the phone call and that, you know, he should probably um, listen to it now and that it's probably fine because, you know, the whole bad luck thing is over. And they kind of um, discuss sort of the ramifications of their actions in bringing magic back. Julia tells Quentin that she knew what the costs would be to herself and that she was willing to do it again, but Quentin she she realizes that Quentin might not because it do, you know it could have meant losing his dad, right? Yeah. So it's sad though because I think we we can't hear the entire um, voice message, but from what I heard, it was really sad. Don't do this to me, Nicole. Yeah. 
That was really Don't sad. do this. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll go to Fillory now. Well, no. Before we go to Fillory, we need to take a quick pit stop at the library. Oh, no. right, right, right. We gotta check in on Alice. Yes. Yeah. So after Fog um, left her with that little message, she um, realizes that he was trying to tell her something that she needs to get the books. And she decides that their time to escape is now. She actually has a really clever um, idea where she takes the paint, anti magical paint chips that sort of um, has been painted on their cells and puts them inside the lock so that the wards will get broken and allow her to basically open her door. So she and Santa get out and they're following the map that she roughly drew based on cockroach vision. And um, I think, but before that though, she tells um, Santa to go ahead and find his book and she's gonna find the books of her friends. Yeah. Sad part is that their her her book and everyone else's book has been sent to this place called the revision room. So obviously that means that they are watching those books highly closely, and that if anything, you know, it's it's probably being filled in now. So she has to find that really really soon and get that before she can escape. But so th- oh, there was. Yeah, I think Fog mentioned that mm-hmm. now that they're past the great blank spot, mm-hmm. uh, because they're, uh, their books end at a certain point, uh, that all that was going to get filled and they'll quickly learn. I can't remember, how is it again that they're filling all this out? I am not sure too. Like, the, I forget the, if it had something to do with Cassandra. Do you remember Cassandra? Cass- so she was the oracle who was in the library in the underworld. And she was, oh, like, writing oh, out yes. all this stuff, remember? Yeah, well, didn't she look like Alice? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. That was really cool. Um, I forget if she had been the one writing the books. Was she? She might have been. Is she? I think she might have been. It's uh, It's been so long. Yeah. Although, you know what? That's really interesting because... So, Cassandra um, is a demigod i don't think she's a full god but she was an oracular god and so or oracular demigod so that might have something to do with um with creature elliot because he was like uh, the whole thing with him knowing stuff right so i thought hmm that that could be related but we'll find out yeah so alice can't find the books but she and Santa still managed to find Zelda's office um, with the fire Only after running into, into wall. one wall. Just, just one wall. Just one wall, yeah. And then, so she tells Santa that she should go ahead and leave without, him, without her. Because she still needs to stay behind and find those books. And she'll find out a way out of there somehow. And this, you know, is once again her making an active choice to help her friends because she really could leave, right? But in the big picture, the librarians would have her book also, and they could find easily find her, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, I, I'm happy that Alice is staying behind, but I'm curious to see where this goes because I would really like to see her back with the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. But the way with, with how things are going, I think. I'd, I, I'm hoping it's maybe like one or two more episodes of she's still in this library, mm-hmm. but I, so I hope she's back uh, with the others soon or rather than later. 
So we end um, our scene with Alice basically where she's in the stacks and someone comes in and sort of covers her mouth from behind and we don't know who this person is. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and we'll find my... out next week. So I've got my thoughts. Apparently you said it was wrong since you kind of already seen some of the next episode. <laughs> yes. So well, I, I I'm not say... going to confirm nor or deny that. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Uh, but I can't even say my guess because yeah. I'd be giving it some info away. So, <laughs> damn you, Nicole. We'll find out but next I, week. But all I can say, a little tease, is that Nicole said it's not someone we'd ever expect. Yeah, that's but a little someone tease. we know. Yeah, little tease. So okay, let's go to Fillory. Fillory, Fillory. So, Josh. Margot and Creature Elliot arrive at a Bacchanalian party where Margot essentially asks Josh what, Josh what his game plan is to poison Bacchus. So Josh is really kind of annoyed and upset because he's friends with Bacchus and he doesn't really want to do this. And so he's like, well, I guess I'm just going to make him his favorite drink, and then, um, which is a margarita, and instead of um, salt, he's going to use the ambrosia. Um, to line the rim of the cup. Um, it's, I think Margot always has some of the best lines in the entire series because she basically tells Josh to um, take one for the team and do this. Like He needs to do this and not sack it up. Oh, oh no, no. Uh, I believe it was because he, he goes in and he makes a drink for Bacchus. Bacchus and, yeah. I, and I think Bacchus says something along the lines of like how him... And Josh are like buds, much alike. Yeah, they're like good friends. Like they try to be the best host possible uh, for everyone. And uh, he goes to drink, take a sip of a drink, and Josh slaps it out, and he's like, "I peed in it." And, and he, he walks, walks out. It. Yeah. yeah. And then Margot's just like, "Did you just pussy?" She essentially doesn't want to say he pussied out because uh, uh, Josh is a guy, so she goes. Uh, did you not sack out? out? Yeah. And Josh is just like, wait, what? <laughs> um, yeah, but it's like another great line from Margot, and the t- the writing staff for the magicians n- know full well how to write her. Um, and oh, God, I love her. She like she she is such a strong character, and like I think you know, like this scene is so telling on how she. She sacrificed a lot already as well. And so he needs to, like, just do this because it's not just about, um, you know, like, saving themselves, but it's also saving a lot of other people because with Creature Elliot and the monster sort of at loose, at large, um, a lot more people could get hurt, I think, right? And so she threatens Josh at this point and basically says, if you don't do this, I'm going to put the ambrosia inside the communal cauldron and everyone's going to get, like, poisoned. So he's like, fine. And he goes back there, makes the drink again, and um, lets Bacchus drink it. Yeah. Poor Bacchus. <sighs> I mean, I, wait, I take that back. I'm taking back a lot of things this episode. Um, I don't know what Bacchus did to the creature. Uh, or the rest of his race, um, because as soon as Bacchus takes a sip, he gets knocked, knocked out. out. Yeah, and he wakes up in the forest with uh, the creature standing over him, and they share like a pretty interesting dialogue. Yeah, so we find out like 
that the two of them share the same parents. And Did they? Yeah, because he, c- the creature says, we share the same parents, why do you get to be a god? And I'm a monster. Something like that, basically. And um, um, the, whatchamacallit, uh, Bacchus kind of tries to apologize and says, you know, like... You you can't even remember what you did, like it was terrible, blah blah blah. But also, you know, as he's about to get killed, he's like, you don't have to do this, like kind of be better than that, blah 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 blah. But he also can't return whatever it was that he had taken from the monster. And so creature Elliot has like no remorse and basically kills him and opens his chest cavity yet again. Yeah. Uh there was something about Elliot mentioning not Elliot, the creature mentioning that the only memory like, did you mention this? I don't want to retread. <laughs> sort of blanked. Uh, the memory of how he o- remembers Bacchus taking him and locking him up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then he's like, but I can't remember why. Like, I can't remember yeah. what I did. And Bacchus is like really disgusted that he can't remember what he yeah, did. So it must have been really bad. Yeah, because he's like, because Elliot asks, like, do you remember me? Do you mm-hmm, know my, my name? name? Yeah. Uh, or, like, where I'm from. Uh, he just, he's, there's not much he knows. But uh, Bacchus mentions that, like, he locked up Elliot with the rest his of his kind, race. His kind, yeah. His kind, and that the creature mentions he ate, ate them all. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which is, like, I, I wonder what he is. <gasps> ooh, ooh, wait, wait. Of a somewhat of a semi theory. Well, not exactly on that, but it's more of like what if Black Spire was actually kind of like Tartarus, where they, you know, locked all of like the Greek monsters. So that's possible, right? Yeah, yeah I could see right? that. Okay. I was like, but then, I wonder if there's anything in, in, in like any of the mythologies about a creature that. I was trying to Google that earlier. Like, who are. Um, who are um, monster children of Zeus? And I did not have enough time to like find a specific one that might fit the bill. So hopefully by next week, I will have found something. <laughs> you think he could, he could possibly be like a titan? No, because the gods came from the titans. Well, first or, generation, yes. Like Zeus, yeah. Zeus, Hera... Um, who else? Like Bacchus is second generation, so he was a kid of Zeus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like if they if they are only loosely following it, it's possible that then you know they might be, he might be a titan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see where all this goes. Um, I hope the payoff is good. Yeah. Uh, I have faith that the magicians hasn't let me down yet, so uh, I'm excited to see what this what the creature ends up being, being yeah so i think where he last mentioned he kills bacchus he kills Bac- okay so here's my question about how he kills bacchus he just takes a knife and stabs him like isn't that a bit too easy you know they didn't really elaborate if it was like a god it was like was it like another type of leo blade that could kill a god right because it looked kind of normal, but I don't know. I couldn't really tell if there was anything specifically special yeah. with it. Yeah. Or maybe if you're just like a godlike creature, you could use you could whatever. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's true. And maybe, maybe it's that. But yeah, I, I just thought that was a bit weird because just kind of sl- he slices them open yeah. and he takes out something that looks like a heart-like 
organ, but we don't really know if it is, right? But the only yeah. thing that's sort of really nice as a hint is that Margot's fairy eye sees something very, very bright. And so she's forced to cover that one eye and tells Josh that whatever that is, um, to the fairy eye, it looks, it's like staring um, in, into the sun. <sighs> so what Man. is that? Hmm. You think it's just like pure source of powerful magic? That's possible, yeah. I, I feel like that's the easy answer. Because, mm -hmm. um, like, God god like uh julia was all shiny and stuff oh yeah that's true yeah yeah but i really wonder if that's like what it is maybe it's like a battery like god-powered battery and so you know for someone with his level they must have had to split that battery up amongst like a whole bunch of them right so it's like god-like batteries ah, I, I like this theory. yeah i'm gonna stick with this one that's a good the theory it's but it's like but what did they take from Elliot? Do you, what would be... Or the creature? Like, they took their memories. Took memories. Took his prophetic knowledge as well. That new yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so he probably was a lot more powerful originally, right? Yeah. Probably unstoppable mm. in a sense. Hmm. <sighs> Yeah, now I feel like I have to try and find more research to be able to figure out who this person, who he is. Was he in the books? I don't know. God, okay. <laughs> and if you if you are out there Homework. and you read the and you read the books, just a, a yes or no answer to the workprint at gmail dot com. Just if you have any questions, any theories, whatever. Just send it over to the workprint at gmail dot com, and. You know, just put, like, the Magicians podcast in the subject, and uh, we'll read it on the next episode. But yeah, so that's going to bug me for a while. Yeah, well, we're lucky. <laughs> but I don't want to get into that. But uh, yeah, so I uh, think that wraps up this episode. Um, I don't think we missed anything. Yeah, I don't think we missed anything either. Yeah. Somebody's going to write in and be like, You totally you missed, missed this! It's like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, we're going um, really long that's why <laughs> yeah um yeah, i think this is our longest one yet but i just want to say thank you to everyone that's tuned in on uh, listened to these podcasts uh the numbers have been amazing um like just the growth of listeners has been outstanding i hope you guys all subscribe leave a comment on uh the work prince podcast feed or even on uh, nicole's reviews read her reviews they're fantastic um yeah just share your thoughts and comments uh we'd love to read them on uh the podcast thank you so much again for tuning in as bilal said and we will be back next week yeah uh in the meantime stay tuned to all things the work print over on facebook twitter uh instagram youtube at the work print and you can uh you know, always go to theworkprint.com for all your TV, games, and movie uh, news. I think we have uh, a lot of fun stuff going up this weekend. And, uh, yeah, uh, Nicole, where can people follow you? Um, I can be followed on Twitter at N-double-I-X-C. And you can follow me at Bilal underscore Mia. Uh, yeah, till next week. Bye-bye! Bye! -bye. Bye.